0: hello america happy thursday we've got a trifecta of three incredible guests back to back to back so i'm not gonna talk a lot today because i want to get to the q a when you have smart people why waste time getting to anything but those smart people let me tell you what we got lined up today first up congresswoman maria salazar from florida from the cuban community down in miami one of the leaders of the effort to bring latinos Into the Republican Party, the polling is showing that's becoming a significant shift in the electorate in America. The tectonic plates are shifting beneath us. She is a leader. She's going to tell us what's been driving it. By the way, crime and illegal immigration are actually driving Hispanics, not to the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. She says, I'm going to press her on that and find out why. What's going on? What, what are the forces that work there? After that, we're going to talk to Rebecca Weber, the CEO of AMAC, one of the most important groups in Washington, one of our strategic partners here at Just the News. Rebecca just did a poll, and the headline is huge. Do you want to know what the headline is? Middle-class Joe has lost his mojo. People no longer believe middle-class Joe represents the middle class. In fact, They think he represents it and cares about it less than any prior president. Think about that. Middle-class Joe repudiated in the polls. We're going to give you that and some other interesting poll findings about the changing thoughts of the American electorate with our good friend from AMAC, Rebecca Weber. And then I'm going to finish up with my co-author on the book. Fallout. Seamus Bruner, great journalist. He's got a story coming out tomorrow on Just the News about the Great Reset, something we talked to Glenn Beck yesterday on the show. Earlier in the week, we talked to Victor Davis Hanson. You're going to hear that over the weekend. Seamus is going to bring us up to speed on that story, what he found about the World Economic Forum's effort to create the movement known as the Great Reset, what it really involves and what it means to you and me, everyday Americans. And then, of course, we're going to turn to something that Seamus and I have worked on relentlessly, not only during the book, Fallout, but on individual investigative projects we've worked on together here at Just the News. Hunter Biden, James Biden, Joe Biden, the trifecta of the Biden family machine, uh, business machine. New revelations, you heard them. We broke them on this show first about Hunter Biden and the low zero interest forgivable loan they got from communist China that's going to be a big one we'll cover that as well so three great guests back to back to back starting up with congresswoman Maria Salazar then Rebecca Weber from AMAC you're going to want to hear this Trafalgar poll they've done it's got some really interesting findings and then we'll wrap up with a little bit of investigative muckraking with my good friend Seamus Bruner let's not waste any time take a quick commercial break here from our great sponsors and then we'll be right back after these messages with congresswoman Maria Salazar IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. You know what folks, stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As you know, we've been talking about the incredible seismic shifts occurring in the demographics of the voting population. Latinos and Hispanics, one of those beginning to move towards Republicans. Our next guest has been leading the revolution, working with Hispanics to invite them into the party. She is Congresswoman Maria Salazar. Congresswoman, great to have you.
1: Wonderful to be with you as well, John.
0: You are right on the front lines of this. I remember having on before Myra Flores' victory, and you said, listen, big things are going to happen. It really is manifesting itself. Tell us what's going on.
1: Because we're not socialists. That's That's the real reason. Because we're God-fearing, law-abiding, tax-paying. We love the white guy. We love the American exceptionality. We know that this is the best country on earth. We know that no other country is going to give us the opportunities that the United States has given us, and we do not want to destroy the American exceptionality. We want to preserve it and keep it for the benefit of our children. That's why Hispanics that traditionally have voted Democrat are running, coming in hordes to the Republican Party. and this year is going to be the year of the Hispanics in the GOP.
0: Yeah, it really you can see it in the polling data and even a a shift of two or three percent would be devastating to Democrats. But the numbers seem to even be larger than that. One of the things that I think most Americans don't appreciate and certainly the mainstream media doesn't appreciate is the fact that illegal immigration actually is an issue in the Hispanic community, but not the way the media portrays it. What do we miss in the media about Hispanics and their view of illegal immigration?
1: I think that is a very, very smart comment on your part because most people think that Hispanics want open borders. No, we don't. We want legal immigration. Right. We want to be able to come in legally. We don't want to be coming in in, the, in darkness like most people are doing. We don't want our kids to be exposed to fentanyl or to the child sex traffickers. If someone is suffering from this open border policy, is the Hispanic community, because where do you think those people are going to wind up at? In our neighborhoods. Right and the fentanyl and the child sex traffickers. So understand that what we need is an immigration reform law, which I think I spoke to you about. Yes. I was the only member of Congress who has introduced this cycle, an immigration reform, complete immigration reform, so we can reform the, um, the so we can seal the border, seal it really tight, and then give dignity, not citizenship, to those people who are here and live in the shadows.
0: Yeah, that's so important that you have so many important ideas in the Dignity Act. Could you tell us a few things that are why you think they're so important to the reform that needs to get done next year?
1: Because you need to incorporate those people who have been living in the shadows into the formal economy so they can pay taxes and they can buy homes. And they can consume goods and they can raise their family and help us pick up the jalapeno peppers or the tomatoes and those jobs that no American is willing to perform. So if we would not have the Hispanics on the fields, we are not going to have food by Friday. We would not be able to have construction going, hospitality. Hospitality agricultural and that's what the GOP needs to embrace to give dignity not citizenship to those people so they can continue contributing to the American economy and at the same time live in dignity yeah. and then that's my bill but that the first thing we need to do is seal the border right. and fix the asylum system and give incentives to the veterans and to the police force to come and patrol that border and stop the coyotes and the terrorists and the fentanyl and everyone else wants to come in illegally and then at the same time reform the legal system. So if uh, Microsoft or any of the big guys, the big tech, they need people. If we don't have American workers, then we can welcome those who can help us in the economy. And those students who are studying in American universities and they want to stay and help us grow or the economy, they can say as well, but all that needs to be
0: fixed through the immigration system. I've watched so many people talk about the border. You do a better job than anyone of describing that. The Democrats say they're trying to be humane by leaving the borders open. It's the most inhumane way to come into this country at the best of cartel. Tell us how that argument backfires in America. Because the only thing they really want is votes. Yeah. That's the sad
1: part. And they, But they're using us as pawns. Because yeah. if you tell me, okay, the immigrant, the, uh, the Democrats are feeling pity and they are compassionate uh, with the with the Hispanics or the people that are crossing. Then they would have fixed the asylum system. We would be giving asylum to those people sooner, quicker, uh, give them uh, parole and give them work permits, right. not just let them in. Uh, just let them in and Don't say, OK, fend for yourself, which yeah, is what's exactly. happening
0: right now. Yeah, and so many people die trying to get in the country. 800 plus deaths this year, the most ever in American history at the border. And it doesn't seem to be anyone cares about it. You never hear Democrats talk about all the people dying on their way here.
1: Oh, no. Or inflation, or gas yeah. prices, or boys trying to play in uh, girls' sports, or or parents being chased by the FBI because they want to know whether kids are teaching and learning in school. Oh, you don't hear the Dems because it's just not convenient. Yeah,
0: they don't want to go there. I know you're up big in the polls, up six points against Net Taddeo. When Republicans, if they could take control, how committed do you believe they are to getting the Dignity Act and immigration reform through? Uh,
1: That's a very, that's a very good question. That's now I'm going to be dealing with my own party, so (laughs) they will understand that immigration is one of the topics that we need to tackle. And that we have welcomed the Hispanics to the GOP and that we need to give them answers to their issues and their questions. So I'm going to be the leading voice or one of the voices, along with Monica de la Cruz and Myra Flores and Cassie Lopez and all those people, those new girls that are joining us (laughs) as GOP Latinas, brown GOP Latinas. Um, uh, members of Congress, and I'm sure, cause you know why? We are the largest minority in the country. And if we join forces with the Republican Party, we can definitely neutralize the forces, radical socialist forces that have hijacked the Democratic Party.
0: Yeah, that's such an important thing. And I'm certain you're going to be on the front lines of getting this done. No more kicking it down the street, the can down the street. This is a get it done time in America. Congresswoman, such an honor to have you on. I know how busy you are with the campaign. Thank always, you for spending always. a few minutes. My on.
1: love to you, John. Thank you. Blessings you know well. to you, dear. Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Wow, what a great interview. Big thanks to Congresswoman. Maria Salazar. Don't go anywhere, folks. After the commercial break, we're going to come back with Rebecca Weber and an incredible poll that found out that middle class Joe has lost his mojo. Americans no longer believe the president stands for the middle class. That's going to be right up after the commercial break. Now, don't go anywhere. I want to mention one thing quickly. Our good friends at AMAC are our sponsors, they're advertisers. Their strategic partners in trying to bring to you the news that we have on John Solomon Reports at Just the News, No Noise, and of course, at Just the News, the website. They have an incredible opportunity to join AMAC. I did this recently. I signed up for a five-year membership because I want to get that intel, that reporting, And also, there's some great benefits. You go shopping, you get discounts with the card. It's, it's, it's a really great discount card. So if you want to take advantage of AMAC, you're going to hear from Rebecca in a second. You're going to understand why I'm pitching this to you now. All you got to do is go to amac.us slash justnews, amac, A-M-A-C dot U-S for the United States slash just news. You're going to get a special discount on one, three, and five-year memberships. I ask you to match me in the five years. It's a, the best deal. Five years of discounts, five years of special offers on insurance, and also, most importantly, Five years of incredible intelligence. They've got a podcast. They've got a regular poll from Trafalgar Group, the one we're going to talk about shortly. They've got daily updates on what's going on in Washington and the state houses, opportunity to volunteer and be an election observer. This is a full-service organization, and Rebecca has built something that her father started into a real powerhouse. Sign up today, amac.us slash news, and get that discount, get that special price on the membership, and you will not be disappointed. It's a gift that gives on giving. In fact, it's a great Christmas gift. You want to get early Christmas shopping? Give someone in your life an AMAC membership. That's an idea. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Up next, Rebecca Weber, CEO of AMAC, and an incredible poll finding up after this commercial break. And so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale: four years for just thirty dollars at AMAC. By joining over two million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC. just justnews That's AMAC. justnews All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We have been talking over the last few days. We're beginning to see the electorate make up its mind in election. Every election breaks in the last two, three, four weeks of an election. You can see where voters' minds are, where their hearts are, where their concerns are. And this race is now breaking. And on nearly every issue that we're measuring, we're beginning to see people reject the Biden-Democrat agenda, whether it's on schools, crime, spending, inflation, Voters are becoming increasingly clear. And what's happening is there's an amazing realignment occurring in the tectonic plates below the electorate and Hispanics and Asians and African-Americans and suburban women are moving to the Republican Party. Some are coming home, some are joining for the first time. One of the folks that have been leading that charge is our great partner, AMAC. And every year, they're doing some really important polling with the Trafalgar Group. They're picking up these trend lines quicker, faster, and better than anyone. And to bring us up to speed on it is uh, the head of, and CEO of AMAC, Rebecca Weber. Rebecca, great to have you back on the show.
2: John, great to be here.
0: Your group is doing such amazing work on the policy front, on the polling front, on the grassroots front. I want to start with something that a lot of people probably remember from earlier this year. We had a lot of stories on it at Just the News. There were these horrific revelations in Wisconsin that vulnerable nursing home residents were being taken advantage of by voting activists. People were stealing their ballots, filling them out. People who didn't have the capability to vote were having their votes cast for them by other people who probably didn't have their wishes, will, or political beliefs at hand. You just announced a very exciting partnership with some really heavy hitters. uh, Ken Blackwell, former Ohio Secretary of State, And I think of Elvita King, who was involved in this. You are working with the American Constitutional Rights Union to make sure that senior citizens in nursing homes don't get taken advantage of by voting activists. Tell us what's going on there.
2: Thank you, John. Yeah, a good friend of ours, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, he is the executive director. He uh, you know, joining forces and in speaking with each other uh, is doing incredible work. That is the ACRU doing incredible work and the newly launched Center for Vulnerable Voters, uh, Center for Vulnerable Voters.org. Just an amazing. Uh, effort to protect the most vulnerable. This is really a, a strong effort to protect the vulnerable voter. And as you pointed out, John, we saw what happened in Wisconsin when the special counsel there, who was a former Wisconsin Supreme Court justice, released a report that indicated rampant fraud and abuse occurred statewide at Wisconsin's nursing homes. So for us to get involved to protect our over 2 million AMAC members and every senior here in the country. Uh, it's just so important. Uh, AMAC members now have access to resources uh, on the Center for Vulnerable Voters website. There's a fabulous guide there for citizens, for family members who wish to protect their rights of vulnerable elderly uh, voters, a fraud hotline, which is great, uh, and a, a fabulous Bill of Rights. Uh, the ACRU established a Senior Citizen Voter Bill of Rights, and these senior facilities are using these to protect those vulnerable voters. So we are doing all we can. This is so important.
0: It is. I remember watching some of those videos that former Justice Mike Gableman made available of families going and interviewing uh, a grandma, grandpa, and you realize that they didn't intend to vote. Someone voted for them. It's so heart-wrenching to watch that. And then we had the Racine County Sheriff, who also had some really compelling uh, evidence of this incredible fraud going on right under our eyes. And this is a first line of defense now, great protection. And if people want to get involved, uh, want to uh, uh, do a whistleblower complaint or provide some information or ask for protection, what's the fastest way for them to get information from AMAC?
2: Yeah, go to either centerforvulnerablevoters.org or amacaction.org because in this collaboration, we are Uh, providing resources at both both places, Uh, amacaction.org, a lot of information there. Uh, But you said it, John, you know, uh, Dr. Alvita King, who is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, she joined with ACRU uh, because she wants to put an end to to elder voter fraud. And I loved her statement that she put out that her uncle fought to ensure that every single American has the right to vote freely. But we do know that so many of those voters uh, you know, are are not valid. They're 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 being taken from our most elderly, uh, most vulnerable. These are nursing home residents who are often targeted by those who would steal or or suppress their vote. Uh, so this is great work that we're doing.
0: There's some amazing players that you partner with. And that's what you get such an amazing thing about AMAC. AMAC does best in class. You partner with the very best, but you've got former Attorney General Ed Meese involved in this. You got Ken Blackwell, the former Ohio Secretary of State. You mentioned Alan West, former Lieutenant Colonel Alan West and the former head of the Republican Party, Texas, former congressman. You guys really partner with the best to make sure that when you start something, it's got exp- expertise, excellence, and best-in-class uh, staff. And uh, this this operation, I think a lot of people are going to be welcome. For anyone who's worried about one of their loved ones in a nursing home, this is a resource you got to keep handy just in case someone tries to pull a fast one. Very, very exciting, Rebecca, what you're doing there. Also exciting, I always love the AMAC-Trafalgar polls because you're measuring issues that most of the other pollsters are missing and also finding trend lines in the electorate that uh, others are missing. First up, there is this tectonic shift among Hispanic and Latino voters from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party, and you see it on issues like the student loan debt cancellation that Joe Biden is doing. Tell us a little bit about what the AMAC-Trafalgar poll found with Hispanics-Asians' independence when it came to debt cancellation, and then more largely what's going on with Latino voters overall.
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. I I really did want to a survey that would sample beyond our membership, John. And what we did was the Trafalgar Group, uh, Robert Haley, great guy, he was the first one to notice what, what he calls a submerged Republican vote. Uh, you know, people are afraid sometimes to say uh, what they really think because um, we've got a president who's labeling us as domestic terrorists. People are, are nervous about, you know, is the FBI watching me? Uh, what about credit cards, keeping track of people, you know, that I just bought a gun, this kind of thing. He, he was able to identify and does a fabulous job at asking the, the, the questions the right way, I guess you could say. Uh, so this, this was eye-opening to me. Uh, we asked questions, uh, and what we found across the board is that certain demographics feel extremely strongly, uh, for example, on the, the debt forgiveness plan, a staggering over 70%, 70.9% of Hispanics, 60% of Asian Americans. Do not approve of Biden's student debt forgiveness plan, and and you know, it's interesting because when you think um, so many of the recipients of this this financial handout are really going to be wealthier Americans with with high future earning potential. For example, someone who goes to uh, law school, medical school, uh, and but their earning potential is also much higher. So I think folks are saying, wait a minute. Uh, is this really fair? Uh, Does this make a lot of sense? And how the heck are you going to pay for it? Uh, So this was real interesting to see just that staggering number of people that overall, uh, you know, folks are just not for spending more money, uh, you know, which certainly is hurting uh, everyone's pocket with rising inflation. Um, Another area, John, that I found quite interesting, and this I think is very important, is the what I'm calling gender lunacy out there. So a question we asked was, do you agree with the Biden Department of Education that would require school children to attend mandatory counseling without parental consent if they refuse to use the preferred pronoun? Uh, overall, 82% do not agree with the Biden Department of Education proposal that would essentially, uh, you know, send their child uh, to counseling without parental notice uh, if they don't use the proper pronoun. But of the of those 82%, 93.2% of Hispanics said no way, 88% of Asians, and over 68% of Democrats, John, are against that.
0: It's amazing to watch the Biden administration and the Democrats in Congress aligned with it. They're continuing to drive themselves off a cliff. The American public says, no, 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 all these things, and they go and do it anyways this seems like this is a repudiation election, that the message that American voters want to say is, you've taken us too far to the crazy side, and we are going to fire you as a result of it. Does feel like things are lining up that way when you look at the polling data that you guys just did?
2: Yeah, it, it certainly do. And if you look at all of the age groups that are rejecting uh, gender indoctrination, you, you even see uh, a tremendous uh, number of, of young people that disagree with the Biden pr- proposal. Uh, it could suggest that that generation is actually experiencing some of the left, you know, punitive gender indoctrination in schools. So the young folks folks are even against it. Uh, but that's something I think, you know, every every Republican, every conservative, every elected, somebody running it off for office ought to understand that this is an area where parents are really standing up. They're drawing the line. They're saying, you know, you can't go after my kids like that. I am responsible for my children, not the government. And uh, this is an issue that's not going away, And I think we ought to be, uh, you know, understand how how that will drive people to the polls. And, you know, we've got to step up and stand up for parental rights. That's for sure.
0: We've seen the power of that movement beginning with the Virginia election, Glenn Youngkin, and it has just carried over with acceleration into the 2022 election now. It's really clearly one of those palpable political points that people are trying to make. Joe Biden looked in the camera back in 2020, and he and he said three things. He says, I'm going to make big government work better for you. That hasn't worked out really well. Two, I care about the middle class. And three, I'm going to get the world aligned, and all our allies are going to be singing kumbaya. We're going to be doing great. You had a jaw-dropping finding in your poll that the majority of people polled in the AMAC Trafalgar poll believe that Joe Biden cares much less about the middle class than prior president's middle class Joe. That's what he built his brand on that most people have come to the conclusion he doesn't give a hoot about the middle class. That is a powerful finding because it undercuts the entire reason people were voting for Joe Biden.
2: It sure does. So in, in that particular, with that polling and that question, I I too was, was somewhat surprised to see that, uh, you know, over 51 percent of these people polled, uh, over 1,000 people polled, over f- almost 52 percent said Biden cares much less. But Here's what I found especially interesting, and probably this is really catastrophic for Biden because 61% of Hispanics, 66.8% of Asians said Biden cares much less about the middle class. Um, those numbers are, are quite huge. And, you know, like you said, John, they, folks are feeling it. Uh, average Americans are feeling it. When we go to the pump, we have to remember that gas shot up more than 60% under Joe Biden. Uh, We've got it. The nation is not safer today than we were just a few years ago. We know that there are over 900,000 gotaways that we don't even know about, uh, over 3.5 million people crossing the border, Uh, the highest murder rate in over 20 years. We saw that in 2021. Uh, So, you know, these things are so. uh, impacting people in everyday life, when you've got to, you know, look behind your shoulder everywhere you go because you're worried that somebody uh, might hurt you out of the blue for no reason. That's not a world that we should be living in, not here in America, especially. We need a future that's built on freedom. And uh, we're working hard here at AMAC to make sure that that we see government accountability uh, and that we we get good people, uh, you know, really, that's what this nation is about. It's about people. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes, because I'm a Reagan fan, of course, I, I grew up with, with Ronald Reagan, and I just think he was, yeah, one of the greatest um, leaders. And and I, I loved his his quote, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. So we're praying here at AMAC that, um, that good folks uh, continue with the hard work. And what you're doing, John, uh, just is marvelous. The work that you're doing, uh, the news that you're getting out, this, this show, And all of that that you're doing, I appreciate it so very much.
0: We are so grateful for the partnership that we have with AMAC. And folks, there's a really great opportunity to join in this fight, to be better educated, be better armed with facts, so that when you're talking to a neighbor or a colleague at work, you know what's going on. The best way to do that is to join AMAC. Get right in the fight themselves. AMAC has an incredible opportunity. Go to amac.us/slash. Just News. That's easy to remember. AMAC, dot u s slash Just News. You can sign up. You get a discount. I did the five-year membership because I'm in for the long haul. Match me on the five-year membership. You're not only going to get all this great intelligence. They have an incredible podcast hosted by Rebecca. You're also going to get discounts. You're going to pay for your membership through your discounts and the services that they make available on insurance and other things get in the fight, be armed with facts, because that's the way people are going to save this country, through facts. And uh, we're so grateful, Rebecca, that you've made that special offer available to the Justin News family and the John Solomon Reports listener base. There's a lot to happen in the next three weeks. What is AMAC doing? i heard some really great things you're doing on the front lines. Uh, you've put an army together, like for instance, for election integrity. Keep an eye. Tell us what AMAC's doing to make sure these elections are successful.
2: Well, we've got a number of AMAC members that are standing up as uh, volunteering as poll watchers, and that's so important. Uh, we need to, to step up and, and ensure that everyone, uh, every, everyone's vote is counted uh, and that our elections are free and fair and AMAC members are rolling up their sleeves. They're talking to their neighbors and friends. Uh, show up. Don't, you know, vote. That is so important. Uh, that's really what our message here at AMAC is, exercise that right, get out there and vote. Know your candidate. Know if they stand for bigger government or limited government. Know where they stand on the issues. And our latest magazine, we've got an, a fabulous guide. Uh, you can download the digital uh, copy of our magazine by going to amac.us, so you know what to look for. Uh, but it's real exciting. I predict a red wave, John, and uh, I think they're looking, are looking like everyone's waking up.
0: It is. It's an amazing thing. No matter how hard people work to fool us in politics, to create the illusion or to create a spin job, the American people can't be fooled. And that's, that's the problem elitists have. They think they can fool the American people. You can't, they may be busy. They may got a lot going on, but you can't fool them. And one of the reasons they can't be fooled is what you do every day. You're providing this incredible intelligence and facts for people to be armed with the truth. And that, and I see this in one of the, Polling findings that you had that there's uh, people are realizing that the, the spin that Joe Biden has put on why we have this inflated stagflation economy. They're not buying it. Only 6.7% of voters in the AMAC Trafalgar poll believed that Joe Biden's explanation for inflation was real. They don't trust their president. That is an amazing finding, and it shows the power of what you've been able to do at AMAC, getting people information on the real causes of economic inflation and gas shortages. How satisfying is it when you see a poll result realizing, hey, truth won out over political spin?
2: Oh, it really, it, it, it's good to see that. You know, We poll our AMAC members regularly, but our AMAC members are comprised of mostly um, folks that are 50 and older, although you can be any age to join. Uh, but we've got super t- great discounts on all kinds of things for people on Medicare and such. Uh, but to see the polls, to see the, the, these, these numbers run through Trafalgar, who I, I think is a genius, I think that, that he, he's got it right. Um, see that over 52% point their finger at the Biden administration as being responsible for inflation. Uh, You know, 69% of Latinos blaming the Biden administration. That tells us something. That tells us that uh, people are fed up and uh, we ought to be listening and, uh, you know, satisfying the will of the people. Uh You know, and that, that's the message that we're getting out there. So these, these were very insightful, very, very helpful and interesting.
0: Oh, m- one of the most interesting polls I've seen. I, I read a lot of polling every day because we're always trying to keep our finger on the pulse. These are some of the most insightful questions. And also, I think they capture... Not only the issues that are moving the electorate, but also changing the electorate with Latinos, Asians. There's a significant movement underway that's going to realign politics, maybe for five or 10 years. And this poll, more than any other that I've seen, really captured that, Rebecca. It's a real public service. We're writing about it on Just the News tonight. We got a big story planned on it. But these are just fascinating findings. And they're probably a bellwether of not only how the election is going to turn out, but how the next few years of policy evolves in this country. Parents' Rights, as you look out, there'll be a new Congress, likely in Republican hands, one or both chambers. What's the most important thing Congress can do at the federal level to advance the issue that your poll just highlighted, that parents should have a say? They don't need to co-parent with the federal government, local government. They have the right to navigate their own children's education. What's important for Congress to get done?
2: Well, I think they ought to recognize that, that the federal government needs to stay out of the way and, and not be involved in, in parental decisions. Parents need, you know, decisions and parental rights are so important. It's, uh, it's, it's a big part of our freedom. And uh, confidence in public schools is very, very low, John, only at 28 percent. Couldn't believe Uh, So, you know, we see that so many decades of progress have been erased as well. Look at what's happened to uh, 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 girls' sports, as an example, and Title IX looking to undo that. Do we want our children in a classroom being separated based on the color of their skin? So when I hear Joe Biden talking about this crazy stuff, uh, you know, wanting to uh, define, you know, uh, uh, parental rights, uh, that's going backwards. Uh, I think that we need, we need a strong Congress that stands up and says, no, 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 uh, there should be school choice available for, uh, you know, for, for all families. That's very, very important. And uh, that should be encouraged uh, in each state. Uh, the money, I believe, should follow the child. Uh, and I think that we'd see parents taking, you know, gaining a lot of control. A lot of parents are pulling their children out of uh, public schools because of safety. Safety is a major reason. They're, they don't feel like their children are protected, uh, and and they also don't feel like they're learning the basics, you know, reading and writing and arithmetic. Uh, instead, they're, they're being taught this gender lunacy. They're being taught how to become leftist activists. Uh, they're being taught not to love our nation. And uh, getting back to uh, why this country is so great, making sure our history books cover the truth in history uh, and, and that we don't erase the great heroes of our past that have done so much to make this a great nation. Uh, so I, I am very hopeful. Uh, I do pray that we, we have good leadership. And it seems that many people that love this country and, and want America first policies in place, they, they agree with all of that that I've just said, John.
0: Well, wow, there's no doubt. You see it? It's a clarity of voice that I haven't seen in the electorate in a long time. There's a lot of clarity about what Americans want and what they're no longer going to tolerate, which I think is an important thing. Last question for you, because many of our AMAC members, like myself, we've already gotten our kids through school. Now we're watching our grandchildren go through school. And there's this big concern that universities have become indoctrination propaganda operations. There are some early signs of things going on, like in Florida, where they're challenging tenure for certain professors and doing certain reforms is this the new frontier in addition to school choice at the K through twelve, which is beginning to really catch fire with things like the Arizona experiments with education savings accounts? Is college education the next big front for parents' rights and education in general for policymakers?
2: Mm, that's a that's a really good question. It's certainly where we should be thinking and where we should be heading. Uh, you know, we may see young folks who are indoctrinated throughout their their younger years in, in middle school and high school, when by the time they get to uh, to the university, they, they begin to stand up and say, wait a minute. You know, uh, I think that people are generally smart and, and can sense the difference between right and wrong. And we need to get back to that conviction of understanding and standing up for what is right and wrong and the difference between those two. And uh, it, it, that is, you know, a, lo- a lot of where it all began. Uh, that's where a lot of this... Um, these marxist uh socialists you know embracing socialism and so forth we saw it come out of the universities it ought to be an area that we're paying attention to and uh you know fighting to 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 offer our future generations the greatest education available in the world Uh, they will be our future leaders and uh so that that's so important john
0: it is it is it's an investment that pays off for generations and decades to come that's why we got to get it right Rebecca, it is always an honor to have you on the show. We really cherish this partnership. We get such great things like the polling data and all the new information on protecting vulnerable senior voters. It's such an amazing thing you're overseeing and pushing forward every day. And I can't thank you enough for the time. I I know we'll have you back on real soon.
2: Thank you, John. It's always a pleasure
0: to be be with you. Yeah, same here as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, my co-author on my last book, Seamus Bruner is here. We're going to be talking about some of the new revelations I had this week on Joe Biden in China. You won't want to miss that Seamus Bruner right after the commercial break.
3: Okay, it's time to commit.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I feel like this next guest doesn't need an introduction. He was a co-author alongside me on the book Fallout. He is one of the greatest investigative researchers and reporters I've ever worked with in my 35 years. It's such an important part of the Peter Schweitzer machine that is called the Government Accountability Institute. Joining me right now, one of the greatest journalists in the country and my good friend, Seamus Brenner Seamus, good to have you back on the show.
4: It's always a pleasure, John. Great to be with you.
0: It is so much fun to have you on because you always come loaded for bear with some great stuff. You've got a fun story coming up on Just the News tomorrow, and it tackles a topic that I've been talking about all week. We had Victor Davis Hanson on the TV show. We had Glenn Beck on the podcast, and they're all talking about the Great Reset and its extraordinary threat to the America we know. And also it's early failings because people are onto it pretty quickly. They're beginning to peel back the onion and say, ah, oh, no, you're not pulling that one on us. Tell us a little bit about what your story is tomorrow.
4: Yeah, well, there, so there's this great book that came out, and uh, Victor Davis Hanson, uh, as you talked with him about it, it's called Against the Great Reset. And I think it's, it's so important because it's, it's really bigger than a collection of essays from 17 of the leading uh, intellectuals and political thinkers of our time and our country, and even some international thinkers. And so this book, Against the Great Reset, sort of kicks off the intellectual resistance to Klaus Schwab, this, that's the World Economic Forum's founder, this uh, German guy who sets up an organization in Switzerland and now seems to be running the entire world. And so, I, you know, Victor, Victor has a great, great piece in that book. And he, he kind of locates Schwab's vision. He puts it in the proper historical context. And uh, yeah, I just I just found the, the whole book interesting and uh, Victor's piece especially.
0: You have so many heavy hitters that have, you know, this thing just occurred. It showed up one day at the World Economic Forum. Hey, we're having the Great Reset. And like, what the heck is the Great Reset? And really what it is, You know, it has things like stakeholder capitalism. You go, what the heck is stakeholder capitalism? I'll tell you what it is. I'll make my own definition. It's pretty simple. Instead of you, the investor, having a say over your money, the elitist stakeholders decide what's best for the world with your money. And I'm like, hey, wait a second. I don't like that idea at all. I want to have a say over my own investment. You really capture this in the draft. And I think it's so fascinating to see that there is a class of people in the world, and in America particularly, who think they know the better than the rest of us. They're smarter, morally more superior. Tell us a little bit about what drives the motivation behind this Great Reset.
4: Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, John. It's, you know, the, the old saying, if you're not at the table, then you're probably on the menu, I think <laughs> is the best way to describe this stakeholder capitalism. I've looked, we've got an investigation into all of this. I have looked far and wide to figure out uh who these stakeholders are i mean you know you know that it's klaus schwab and his buddies over in davos but the way he speaks about it that he wants you to believe that you're a stakeholder and i'm a stakeholder and we're all stakeholders it sort of uh sounds like socialism in a way but we are absolutely not and you can just look at any of the things coming out of the world economic forum and the united nations which you know they're work hand in glove with so just take for example um you know, these new emissions and fertilizer uh, regulations. And so you saw it over in Holland. You're actually seeing it now in New Zealand. The the farmers are rising up against these emissions uh, restrictions and and trying to change the fertilizer and, and stop cows from flatulating. Uh, the farmers had no say, you know, the people producing our food. So apparently farmers aren't stakeholders. In their own
0: cows, right?
4: Exactly. And so I think what Victor does so well is, is he, I mean, he, t- he starts out his piece by talking about just you should be very skeptical of both the words great and reset. You look at uh, LBJ's Great Society or Mao Zedong's Great Leap Forward. They use this word great. And what they're really saying by that is it's a centr- centrally planned scheme you know, by these elites at the top, the experts—not none of us are experts. They all the experts uh, go to Davos, and so they kind of cook up these ideas without any firsthand knowledge. None of them are really farmers, and uh, they don't worry at all how it's going to affect the middle and mo- middle and lower classes. They kind of just think, "Oh, this is a great idea. We're going to totally reorient society, reorient agriculture, reorient food." Um, I just like for the New Zealand protests that are going on right now. Uh, this is because the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ar- Ardern and she just said we're, they're going to cut uh, livestock methane emissions by roughly 50 percent in the next 20 to 30 years. I mean, 50 percent. I don't know how you cut. So what they're saying is they're going to eliminate 50 percent of the cows and other livestock uh, in New Zealand. What are the, what are people going to eat? I guess they want us to eat these, uh, you know, fake meat beyond burger patties, which davos elites like bill gates are invested in so i think it's really deep down about money they want to they want to uh put in a new system that will make themselves a lot of money
0: yeah there is no doubt about it we saw this disconnect between stakeholder elita stakeholder and the real stakeholder, in a story we did recently, we trace the origins of how the credit card association, the major credit cards associate company association, came to create a secret code that would track anyone's ammunition and gun purchases. It was a shocker. It showed up out of nowhere. It turns out it was the amalgamated bank that was the driving force behind it. The amalgamated bank is the bank of the unions and the union members. It was created by the unions. It's currently owned by the SEIU. And most members, our union members, are, as we know from polling, are major gun owners. They had no idea. We started interviewing union members. They had no idea that their bank is the one that now wants to help get everyone to track their gun and ammunition purpose, um, thing. And you, all of a sudden, you see this disconnect. I'm really the stakeholder as the bank account owner. But I found out that my bank doesn't represent my values. It had its own stake in some other issue. And I think this Great Reset is going to create lots of clashes like this where people are going to say, wait a second, we didn't sign up for this. We didn't sign up for getting rid of fossil fuel or cows and their methane or or or, uh, tracking our guns. And I think you capture that really well uh, in the story that comes out tomorrow. Where will this play out? You said you've been doing an investigation. Is the rebound to the Great Reset starting with this election and then carries out next year?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the thing about this Great Reset is this is not the first time that elites, international elites, have gotten together and sought to reorganize society. And every single previous attempt has failed. I mean, you just go back to the League of Nations and even you know, on through the UN. And then uh, more recently, they had, you had the New World Order. Um, and and people kind of get wise to it, and then they call you a conspiracy theory, like, oh no, we're not trying to set up a new world order, and uh, you're crazy for thinking that. And so now the Great Reset is really the latest iteration of all of that. Um, the problem with it is they they are moving so swiftly. Just you take the emissions regulations, and I mean you, California is a great example of a state that's totally compliant with the Great Reset. Um, you know, they do a lot of damage. I think we'll rebound. I think the election is going to you know, be a huge hurdle in these uh, Davos elites plans um, because the United States is the biggest bulwark and, and you know, hindrance to these plans. And I don't think the people are going to accept this. I mean, you can already see it. Uh, there's really a global revolution taking place. You see it in Italy um, and you see it even in these farmer protests. I don't think they're going to get away with it, but they can still do some real damage in the meantime.
0: It's so fascinating to watch. But you're right. We are still that shining beacon city on a hill that the rest of the world looks to. And if we reject it, the rest of the world will follow in certainty. That's always how it happens. One of the great parts of the Great Reset is elitists have found a way, while trying to impose their will on us, of getting rich. And no better example than that than the Hunter Biden James Biden family business. And uh, this week we had a new development uh, and then some other people caught up to some of your my reporting from a year ago about the Russian oligarch, the female Russian oligarch, who actually, according to the documents the FBI gathered, had given two hundred million dollars to businesses associated with Hunter Biden and his business partner Devin Archer. That came out. Uh, other people caught at least the forty million part of it. But you've been on top of this for a long time. Pretty remarkable that the people in bed with Russia turned out not to be Donald Trump, but Hunter Biden instead.
4: Yeah, that's absolutely right, John. I mean, we just keep seeing, I mean, with this conflict between Russia and Ukraine, it is unbelievable that people aren't going back and looking at some of our reporting and seeing, you know, speaking of resets, that's another term that Victor says you got to be skeptical of. You remember the Obama-Russia reset, where they gave away the farm, they gave everything to Vladimir Putin. And kind of part of that was Hunter Biden getting uh, in bed with these Russian oligarchs, specifically this... uh, Former mayor of Moscow's wife Elena Baterina, who yes, we reported two hundred million dollars. This is according to uh, one of Hunter Biden's business partners himself.
0: That's not ours. Right. he said it at a board meeting. Right, he was briefing his board at the time and told them. Yeah,
4: yes, this this was these were minutes from a board meeting. So these you know go back to twenty fourteen where he says she gave two hundred million dollars. You know, that is just a staggering sum of money. And so this this new report that came out of the Daily Mail, what I find the most interesting about it, because, yeah, I mean, they they say 40 million confirmed into Rosemont Realty. That's one of Hunter's businesses um, with with Devin Archer and others. Uh, What's really interesting about this piece is they say that this came from a set of leaked emails. Now, there's so many leaked emails floating around between the laptop, and then we've got the Bevin Cooney emails and a bunch of others. These are apparently a separate set of leaked emails from something called the Kazakhstan uh, initiative for asset recovery. Now we've reached out and uh, look forward to getting that batch of emails. Cause I'm sure there's going to be a lot more good stuff in there. Um, but it's just a constant, constant drip, 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 or even a deluge of proof that Hunter Biden was taking money from Russian oligarchs, from Chinese oligarchs, people connected to the highest levels of Chinese and Ukrainian
0: oligarchs too. He was on both sides of the war. <laughs>
4: Yes, yeah, they were melting both sides of the of the war. So it's I mean, it just never stops.
0: Yeah, I think people forget that when Hunter Biden joins the Barisma board, the, the Russia-Ukraine war had already begun. The first invasion of Russia into Ukraine had already begun before Hunter Biden gets put on the board. And so Hunter Biden's been on both sides of this war. He's working Elena Batarina with his business partners and then work in Burisma and the oligarch, gas oligarch there. Pretty pretty good business if you can get on both sides of a ward, isn't it? But China, that was another place we got some new documents. Uh, I was able to get some internal documents from the CEFC China gas company that was trying to use Hunter Biden to get access to American gas and oil assets. And they show that there was this interest-free loan that basically Hunter Biden and James Biden walked away from. And then separate of that, Chuck Grassley put out a letter that around the same time I put the story out, saying, "Hey, the loan turned out to be forgivable, and that's why they walked off and never paid it back." So, zero interest, forgivable, five million dollar loan from the communist Chinese country through one of its big companies. Uh, most Americans don't get that deal, do they?
4: No, I mean, John, this is. I mean, this is possibly the the biggest, most damning part of the entire Hunter Biden, Joe Biden uh, quid pro quo corruption saga. Is I mean, a forgivable unsecured loan to the son of the vice president. This seems this, this can't be legal. Um, not to, I mean, it doesn't really matter who it's from that, you know, nobody should be able to give that even Americans. But when you add the fact that it's a Chinese communist party energy company with an individual with ties to the highest levels of, uh, Chinese military intelligence, it's just, uh, there's gotta be accountability here. I suppose, you know, thanks to your reporting, our reporting on, uh, the FBI, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing
0: that anytime soon. You and Peter have done such great work on this. I mean, the original saga started with you and Peter, and I added a little bit to it, and then others have added a little bit to it, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. One of the revelations that caught my attention in the Grassy letter is that Grassy now has a summary of what Tony Bobulinski, the former Hunter Biden business partner, told the FBI a couple of years ago. So they've had this for two years. And there are three big revelations in it. The first is... Uh, Joe Biden met with some of the players in the China deal in the spring of 17 in L.A. Two, that Joe Biden was more deeply involved in the company and was aware of Hunter Biden's business dealings, partners, and the terms of some of the business. And three, some of the money that went from China to uh, the Hunter Biden, uh, James Biden bank accounts in 2017 actually was deferred payments for work they did back when Joe Biden was still vice president. They were just disguising it as payments after the fact. Those are three things that the FBI was told by a firsthand participant in the scheme, Tony Bobolinsky, the business partner. Were you surprised by any of those revelations? And what do they mean? And how important are they to the future investigations of Hunter Biden?
4: Well, I I think the most uh, surprising part about it is that the FBI knows all this and hasn't done anything about it. But Um, I I have to say I'm not totally shocked because the entirety of Joe Biden's tenure as vice president, he was not just meeting with Hunter Biden's business associates, which he lied about repeatedly, the Chinese business associates. There were there were Chinese businessmen coming to the White House, uh, which we reported about. It's kind of crazy that none of these stories get enough play and you go back and look at all of it together. And it's just incredible. But no, we know that Joe Biden has been financially benefiting, not just when he left the White House uh, as vice president he was getting his bills paid by Hunter Biden while he was vice president. I mean, that can't be legal. Uh, you, you, you can't have your son taking millions and millions of dollars from foreign business associates, and then you do things like uh, get the Ukrainian prosecutor fired as vice president. That's taking action that benefits your son. And then uh, have your son pay your bills. I mean, it's, it's you know, it looks like bribery either either bribery conflicts of interest or kickbacks in some kind there's something going on there and the fbi really needs to step up so i'm i'm glad i was glad to see uh senator grassley put this this information out and we need to hold all of them accountable from the fbi to the bidens
0: uh right on down it is pretty remarkable what we're beginning to learn. And, you know, people said to me, Oh, well, John, you've done a good job. And other people have done a good job. And the answer is we were kind of wrong about it. It's way worse than we originally thought. It's so much worse. It is it's so much
4: worse than we originally thought. And it just keeps getting worse by the day.
0: Yeah, I have to say this, and I, I'm not an opinion person, but in, in the course of all of the corruption scandals I've covered, I go all the way back to Ill-Wind. I did some work on Ill-Wind. I ran Contra, the Clinton fundraising, Asia fundraising scandal, and Whitewater. This is the largest pay-to-play scheme I've ever seen documented in the public. And it's had the least accountability. I mean, there's been lots of disclosure, but zero punishment. I mean, the FBI has been investigating Hunter Biden for four years. This A first-year law student could make a case off of this. Do you think next year, with, if Republicans have control of Congress, the FBI is going to feel guilted into at least taking some action?
4: Oh, I, I sure hope so. I know that Congress is ramping up their investigations uh, as we speak, even though the Republicans haven't taken, taken uh, the majority yet. I know that they're, they're loaded for bear, and, they're, and I'm really optimistic that uh, the FBI won't be able to get away with it much longer.
0: That's really the key, such an important part. Seamus, you're always doing great work. You're always investigating and uncovering things. I, I'm in awe of all that you accomplish in the course of a week. What's next for you? What are some of the issues that as we come out of the 2022 election, because we're only three weeks away, you're going to be looking for as a journalist and saying, you know, we got we to put a, a radar over this and see what's going on?
4: So we're going we're gonna to keep uh, looking into China for sure. We're going to keep uh, accountability on Congress and the Bidens. We're, we're doing some uh, insider trading investigations. And I'm really excited about a sort of a top secret project we've got going now that's all about the oligarchs, the World Economic Forum, what they're, what they're planning in Davos, how they're trying to roll it out. Uh, folks like Bill Gates and, and their involvement in, in this global policy setting, this top-down centralization of power and amongst the global elite. So I'm I'm looking forward to breaking some of that news with you soon, John. We can't wait to
0: see it. And tomorrow, folks, go to Justinnews.com, check out the great story that Seamus has written about the Great Reset, what it really is, how it's getting repudiated, what the scholars are saying about it, and some of the early pushback, because it's actually getting pushed back into the tube. The toothpaste is going back in the tube on this one very quickly as a result of disclosure. Once people learn about it, they know what they can fight. Seamus, you always do great work. Such an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks, John. Look forward to being on with you again soon. We're going to make that happen for sure. Thanks again, my friend. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind
3: with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us. Please remember to take advantage of that AMAC offer, amac.us slash justnews. You'll be able to join the group, get these incredible discounts and benefits on all sorts of services, plus special offers on things like insurance for Medicare and all of the political intelligence news and advocacy work that AMAC does. What a great deal. I signed it for five years. I'm sure you will as well. All right, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Thanks for listening. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. We've got a couple big guests tomorrow, so stay tuned. You're going to have a lot of fun. Fred Flights, we're going to be talking about the three major world crises, all putting America in a bind right now. All right, folks, have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.
3: Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore